Urgent care centers are popping up all over the place. Patient volumes jumped 60% since the start of the pandemic, and investors keep rushing in. But what is urgent care anyway? Why should patients go to urgent care instead of a doctor's office, retail clinics, or the emergency room? And what does this growth mean for overall cost, quality, and access to care? Welcome to Care Talk, America's home for incisive, and yes, sometimes even urgent debate about healthcare, business, and policy. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens. Well, David, I thought all care is urgent if you're looking for a doctor. What is an urgent care center? What is this urgent care thing? Yeah, it's interesting, John. I mean, it, it's urgent is, you know, it's always, it's always urgent if it's something involving me or my health, but it is something that's different from emergency care or primary care. The way I think about it is urgent care is handling things that are not emergencies. So things like a common cold, ankle sprain, ear infection, or rash. Now, those that's, could also be that's done. That's an emergency. If, if, if my kid gets really sick, I think that's an emergency. If I think I broke my ankle, why isn't that? What's the difference between emergency and urgent? Well, hold on. So the, so those things, are for, I didn't say broken ankle. I said sprain. So if you get something that's pretty minor, it could wait. You could even skip it. Something you could do in a retail clinic. But it also, they can handle some more urgent things, some more serious things like a broken bone. Or if you get like a big cut when you're going out and playing flag football or whatever you do, it needs stitches. So that's stuff that could be done in an ER. But the things you don't want to do to take an urgent care is like a heart attack, stroke, cancer, something like that. So it's an acute thing, came up all at once, moderately serious to minor. That's urgent care. And and David, what's the uh, what, what's what's going on with urgent care? Is it growing? Is it why, like why is this in a why is this an urgent topic for care talk? Yeah. Well, it's not an urgent topic because we could cover it at any time and we could, we could, it's not an emergency topic either. And it's not a primary topic. So, you know, I, I was asked, is you know, this how, a chronic topic? Chronic, Johnny. <laughs> I was saying, you know, I was asked, you know, how many urgent care clinics are there? And the truth is there's about 11,000 urgent care clinics and that compares to about 4,000 emergency rooms. And they've been growing about 10% a year in terms of the number of clinics. Now it's a $50 billion industry. Uh, as of this year, which sounds like a lot, although that is just a drop in the proverbial uh, bucket uh, within healthcare. Four trillion dollars, the Doctor Evil approach. And David, it's not that surprising that when your urgent care visit can cost as as little as a tenth of what an emergency room visit would cost, that they're growing like crazy. I mean, if you look at the actual costs here, I think that the typical, even insured costs are like, you know, 80 to $400, depending on kind of the nature of the visit to, you know, 300 to $600 if you were just to go to a PCP. And it can be as much as 10 times to go to an emergency room. So doesn't it make sense that these urgent centers are growing as, as, as points, as access points for care? John, I haven't heard that, you know, that, that cheaper things are growing fast in healthcare, especially when people are insured. Yeah, there is. It is that, an open question. That may be the urgent topic we should we should address. Okay, John. So, I mean, here's how I'd frame it. I'd say, you know, is urgent care expensive, and how much does urgent care cost? Well, you you gave one answer that it's up to a ten times less expensive than the emergency room. However, the research shows that it's not could be not such a good bargain. For one thing, uh, you tend to have overprescribing. There was a Pew uh, a study by a Pew Charitable Trust in 2018 that showed that. There's much more overprescribing of antibiotics for things like colds, flu, bronchitis, bacterial infections, uh, that, that, uh, or viral infections that actually don't need 
an antibiotic. So there's overprescribing. So that's a problem because it's ineffective care and you can lose the effectiveness of, of antibiotics. It may incur- encourage more use of care overall. So the industry association talks about how 80% of uh, 80% of the population lives within 10 minute drive uh, of, of an urban, of an urgent care clinic. Now, I guess it depends how fast you're driving. If you're driving like an ambulance at hundred miles an hour, nonetheless, the fact that it's so convenient uh, means it might be used more. The same reason there's like a lot of Dunkin' Donuts around here, so they get used a lot, well, John. David, so that's one of the reasons. But you're, you're you're blaming the fact that there are convenient access points to care where you can, you know, generally be seen within an hour of the time you actually show up for your appointment. Compare that to the ridiculous challenges of even getting an appointment with a doctor or a hospital, typically for what can be customary, but you know, sore throat is, I think, the most, it's like 20% of, or upper, sore throat and upper respiratory is 20% of all of the urgent care visits. But I think that's because people, people I think the healthcare system doesn't actually respect how, in, or understand how inconvenient healthcare really is to access. And so how, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a little bit more antibiotic use and maybe that should be controlled. But I, I think that the, the fact that they're lower cost and much more convenient is a good thing. Are you? Yeah. I mean, are, are you, I, I was you, just as, as the proverbial conservative crank here. Are you just yeah. sort of just against it because it's, it's growing? But John, I'm a conservative crank when it comes to cost, but I think you, you put your finger on an important uh, piece regarding convenience. And I think if you ask the question about, you know, why are there so many urgent care clinics and why is the industry growing? Convenience is the number one reason you've got the right locations, they're open on the weekends. They're open in the evenings. It's actually a nice environment. I saw an article that talked about a lot of rounded and soft surfaces in there, and it can be seen pretty quickly. Just that's like what people house. care about. It's like your yeah. house, David. I, John, it's just like my wife puts me in the in the room. It's all soft and padded. I'm never exactly sure why that is, but uh, she takes my belt and shoelaces away too. But John, in addition to convenience, it's also the case that primary care. It's not doing that great in this country. You know, it is not convenient to get an appointment if you can get one, if you can even get a doctor at all. Coupled with the fact that, you know, one reason the, these urgent care clinics have grown, they've, they've largely paralleled uh, the growth of coverage. So with the Affordable Care Act uh, in place, more people have access. Are you blaming the Affordable Care Act for creating more access for to sick patients to get the care they need. I mean, like, again, I'm just trying to understand where are we going here? I think this, this, the lower cost access to convenient care, how can that be a negative? Well, John, it depends who it's access for. Okay. So it's access to people who've got commercial insurance. Uh, you know, in an emergency room, the emergency room, they, they have to take everybody who comes in. You know, they might want to try to squeeze you after the fact and, and get money out of you, but you can go there if you're insured, uninsured, if you have Medicaid. Uh, if you're an uh, undocumented immigrant, you try doing that at an urgent care clinic, uh, you're not going to get very far past the door. So, Well, it's not designed for that, David. I mean, the emergency room was genuinely designed as the entrance point for a hospital, and it was historically, and it still is, the last line. Uh, but the challenge is that when you, when you get your, that, use that access point for primary care, it's just titanically expensive because they have to run all of the costs of running the hospital through that emergency room and as well as probably the costs of a lot of the uncompensated care. But I, I think that we are at a point now where we should acknowledge that the reason why they're growing is because urgent urgent care centers get what the healthcare system doesn't, which is that people really value their time. And uh, you know, I think this 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 
PCP thing is a little bit of a canard, but I, I think the, the broader move towards, you know, fast serve, uh, smart casual, like food, um, you know, people are looking for convenience in every part of their life. The, the, the utilization of, you know, digital access like Amazon. People are used to shopping and getting what they want relatively quickly. And I think that the healthcare system just is not dialed into that perspective. Um, which was so probably I, different a generation ago when more more of the there were more single single earners in households and and you know even though the women are still making the vast majority of healthcare decisions for the family those women are working and I th I think that you know the the lesson for urgent care growth and profitability I mean private you know this is this is a sector where hospitals used to own all the urgent care centers. And then doctors got in the game, and now a lot of it's private equity and investor-owned. And, and you know, it's a it's a profitable part of the healthcare system that's growing at over ten percent a year. I think it's ten point nine nine percent over the last few years. Uh, so it's healthy growth, and it exploded during COVID. Um, you know, why did why did urgent care explode under COVID, David? Well, John, I guess the thing is, you know, you're, you're, you know, I was getting this sort of, uh, you know, fast casual diet. So this is like the Panera's and Chipotle's of the healthcare system. That's what the urgent care is. You know, I started to use sweet green, David. Come on. You're, you're going to be <laughs> that's plant very, forward given the diets. That's very healthy, John. So I started to use urgent care centers and a lot of people that I know did during the pandemic. And the reason is that first of all, doctor's offices, never mind being able to get an appointment. They were just shut and the emergency room. You know, you think about going there. They didn't want anyone to come there unless you're, you're, you know, dying or, or close to it. So COVID sort of closed off other options and, uh, the urgent care centers generally stayed open. You could actually go there. And it was one of the few places, at least in, in my neighborhood in Boston, where you could get, uh, you could get a PCR test done, uh, pretty quickly. So that was a, that was a big reason for it. And once people got habituated to using urgent care, they might use it again. So I used it again when I had, uh, an accident. Uh, and I went in and, and, um, you know, got examined that way where I wouldn't have done that in the past. So I, I think it's pretty straightforward. John, I don't even know if that was a serious question because I, I think it's blindingly obvious. Well, t David, David, if that's so blindingly obvious, who owns these urgencies? Yeah. And, and, uh -huh. and what's going on there? There's a lot of, there's a lot of drama around private equity and investor owned yeah. healthcare assets. And that appears to be growing really fast here. It is, John. So uh, these, these clinics have been around for a long time, as you said. Originally, hospitals and actually insurers uh, opened them uh, as sort of a more convenient alternative and less expensive to the emergency department. And then a lot of these chains started growing. So you have private equity that owned ones like Concentra and CareNow and MedExpress, WellNow. Um, and then uh, those are now some of them being bought up and some of the retail revolution um, in healthcare as well, because it, it is an important part of the continuum that fits between sort of doctor's offices, retail clinics, and the emergency department and, and the hospital. And as you say, the private equity firms have come into it. Now, why do they want to do it? Of course, it's not because it's lower cost, but because there is good profit potential, because they see the, the possibility of having uh, convenience and having good reimbursement. Frankly, one of the issues, though, is that it, it, it does not cover everything in terms of equity and access. And this is one of the reasons you're seeing pushback on some of the private investment uh, in, in healthcare is that it may be stripping out some of the profitable parts of hospitals and leaving the hospitals to battle it out on tough turf. But let's, let's be honest, the, 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 the urgent centers used to be owned by hospitals. Um, if they done a, if they, if they want to do, a, a, they want to keep these 
um, members and patients, they would be opening more of them. Um, the, they're, they're really meeting a big consumer demand, David. You've got, you know, the silver tsunami of, of, uh, 10,000 people turning Medicare eligible, um, every day. Uh, and you do not, we are not minting doctors as fast as we are growing patients. And so I've got to think that the, that increasing access points for non-urgent care, uh, or uh, for, for, um, and I don't really buy the distinction you make between, emergency and urgent. I think, you know, my, yeah. uh, John, I'll take you. My, listen, emergency, when you, when my emergency is, is, is your urgent and it shouldn't be surprising that it's not a perfect sector because it's grow. It's just exploding right now and it probably needs more clinical direction. But I think whether it's retailers getting into different aspects of the health system, like, like my own employer, Walgreens or Walmart or CVS, um, getting more involved in, 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 in basically lowering the burden on docs and hospitals to care for people and give them the answers and the care they need. I don't see how that can be a positive. Most of the urgent centers are staffed by, um, some are staffed by doctors, but a lot of them are largely staffed by uh, nurse practitioners. Um, and so you could see a world where there are multiple access points in multiple layers. Um, are you worried, really worried about urgent care centers undermining the doctor, the, the, the sainted doctor patient relationship. <laughs> well, John, there is this, you know, notion, uh, that a problem with urgent care centers is that they do detract from the doctor patient relationship. Having said that, you know, my primary care, uh, doctor, one retired, another one became Doesn't a concierge. Doesn't want a relationship with you. One became a concierge, you know, uh, physician. And so there's different types of relationships, John, from the, uh, from the one night stands to, uh, you know, the longstanding ones. So I don't, I think that the, the, the doctor patient relationship isn't in great shape. I told you I use them because they're convenient. I think that the, you can get around the issue of, uh, lack of continuity of care, um, with things like interoperability. So you can actually see the medical record from one place, um, to the other. And look, they're, they're good for, I like to use them, but they're, I don't know if they're, if they're good for the system. How about you, John? You ever make use of an urgent care center or is it a big executive? Like, you think, probably I have like a I mobile think. one that you have a mobile one that travels around following you. Like the guy who had the second jet following him. You have a mobile no, that's, urgent that's, care that center. That, no, that we, we don't have anything like that. But no, urgent care center, my experience with urgent care centers has been great. And I, I, I I'm a, I'm a strong believer in expanding the base and lowering the, lowering the cost and act at improving access points. One of the fastest growing risks in, in, in American healthcare is a visit to the hospital. You know, the, during COVID, it really scared a lot of people like my 89 year old mother that, uh, a visit to the hospital could, could, could make her, you know, put, put her at significant at mortal risk. And so I actually think these acts that we, what we need to do is come up with more creative and to your point, more responsible, uh, management of these, uh, new access points to healthcare, new access points to care. And leverage the heck out of all of it because we are not going to have enough. Uh, hospitals are too expensive, and do doctors are too 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 hard to reach, and people are busy. So I, I think this is uh, the 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 right the right solution for a lot of problems. It just needs to be tuned up. Great. Well, that's it for yet another episode of Care Talk, an, an important conversation, if not an urgent one. I'm David Williams, president of Health Business Group. And I'm John Driscoll, the president of Walgreens Health. If you liked what you heard or you didn't, please subscribe to your favorite service.